What a blessing it is. Um, uh, this time, the fall feast, the day of atonement, we shared uh, the other day on the Sabbath, just a couple of days ago, just on the importance that this time we should be in prayer and preparation, just laying our lives down, asking the Father for a mighty move of his Spirit within the nations. The spring feasts, more than anything, are about how the Father, how God interacts with us personally through the Son, Messiah, and by the Holy Spirit. He forgives our sins. He is our Passover lamb. You know, uh, he takes away our sins. Hallelujah. He gives us the Ruach HaKodesh, his Holy Spirit. Praise the name of Yeshua. And then as we come to the fall feast, what we have is the declaration for the nation. The gospel is the gospel of the kingdom. And we want to get to the place where we are teaching on the gospel of the kingdom, the importance of what it truly means to live in the kingdom. And all the feasts, what are they about? They, they're about Yeshua, the Messiah. Hallelujah. All right, we've got Amanda that is joining with us. Good to see you. We've got Dixie in North Carolina. Good to see you. We've got Esther in Australia. If you're tuning in, I don't know if we're getting all the feeds from all the channels right now, but if you're tuning in, just give us a shout out. Um, some of you are in the next day. Some are, uh, if you're here in Israel or in the UK, South Africa, we are at the end of the Day of Atonement. If you're in the USA, you know, it's coming close to the end now. And I uh, just wanted to take some time out just to bring forth an encouraging word uh, for this day. And just, you know, it, it's been a really good time just to to stop uh, my wife said that this year was a lot easier for her without any headaches if she just stayed still. <laughs> so we didn't, uh, in the shutdown here in Israel, we're on a huge sh shutdown here. We didn't go out and do our usual thing because for the last week it's like hardly any traffic anyway uh, with the, the lockdown. And then we've moved into another phase of national lockdown right now. So over these next couple of weeks, it's going to be like the Day of Atonement each day. Um, one thing we love to do is get out and walk in the middle of the roads and uh, take a bike ride down the freeway and things like that on uh, this high holy day. But that wasn't the case for this year. It was just good to stop and to get into the presence of Yehovah and just to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and recognize what an incredible day we are living in. So listen, I've, I've got a bunch of notes here and stuff, but you know, I felt more than anything what I wanted to do is I wanted to just uh, come at things with a different angle instead of just having a teach on atonement. Yes, we're going to talk about a few scriptures on that. But, you know, what do you do on the Day of Atonement? What do you do? What type of things do you do? Uh, we try to get together to read the scriptures together. Sometimes we read a whole book of the Bible um, this year was a little different. Um, we just spent time in the Word, a bit of time sharing. And, you know, as I was just taking time out, you know, of course, I'm up early in the morning as usual. Uh, just taking time out, seeking first His kingdom. The Word that came to me this morning was about the veil. The veil has been torn. And, you know, the Day of Atonement is that one day where the high priest came into the Holy of Holies, came right before the presence of Yehovah, dealing with their personal sin, the sins of the priests, the sins of the nation. And, you know, as we come to Sukkot, we have the sacrifice of the 70 bulls for the sins of of the nations. But what a powerful time it is in atonement on how the people are represented before a great and mighty God. He is holy. You just cannot walk into his presence. But we live in a very different day today. We live in a day where the curtain has been torn. And, you know, I've heard different teachings over which curtain was torn and so on and so forth. And, you know, I don't really care about... Um, uh, Jewish uh, tradition or their breakdown on this, I want to look at from the book of Hebrews, what is the fruit of the curtain being torn? How does it affect my life? Yeshua, his body is the veil. We can access 
into the presence of a holy God through the cleansed blood of Messiah. Hallelujah. We, we can be in the presence of Yehovah not just on one day a year, but we have access on a daily basis because who is Yeshua? He is the high priest under the order of Melchizedek. So we've got so much to rejoice in. Hallelujah. Oh, we've got Jerry there on YouTube. Good to see you. We've got Russell uh, in Liverpool. Good to see you. Thanks for joining with us. Yep, we've got Keith as well. Uh, we've got B as well. I'm seeing there that uh, she's tuning in. Excellent. So like I said, as I was just really pressing in today, you know, a, a lot of the times we look at these feast times and we just think it's all just about study and understanding this uh, feast and and how it's spoken about in the book of Leviticus chapter 23 and sometimes we've got to say is how is this feast affecting me what am I going to do in this time of feast and how do I see the day of atonement and and how do we bring the impact today of what's going on in the day of atonement And, and like I said just waking up today the word I got was you know, the, that the Messiah's body is the veil. We are called to enter in. So I wanted to take time today to enter into the presence of a mighty and holy God. And we've got people in the land who are wearing white and they're, they're doing all good deeds for the last 10 days and they're, they're trying to get everything together and given to charity and, and just trying to do things so that hopefully their name will be written in the book of life for another year. Some have been swinging chickens round their heads today, you know, because they don't have a temple, they don't have sacrifice. Others swing money <laughs> above their heads. Um, you know, you have all these strange and weird things going on within Judaism, but many of the people are looking at what can they do concerning good deeds that God will be pleased with them and hopefully... Just hopefully, we have no guarantee, but just hopefully God will receive their gifts, will receive their sacrifice, receive their time, knowing, come on, that our righteousness is as filthy rags. And when I talk to many people about the Day of Atonement um, in uh, Israel, you know, many people are confused over what they should do. And, you know, some sometimes it's like the Christmas and Easter effect here in Israel, the time to go to the synagogue. And here this year, they couldn't go because of the lockdowns and everything that's happening in the land. So what do we do on this day? How do we press in on this day? So I want to read a few scriptures. And um, like I said, we're talking about entering in through the veil. And I, I just want to share what the Father's put on my heart. Uh, we might refer to a few notes here but more than anything I just want the heart of the Father to be delivered. I want us to get to a place that we will move into a new dimension of prayer, that we will seek first his kingdom and his righteousness to bring transformation to this generation. Do you care enough to give? Do you care enough to pour out? Do you care enough to 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 say, Father, I want my body as a living sacrifice. I want to, you know, give my all so that others may see the truth, may see the light. Why? Because our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we can not just enter into that holy place, but we are adjoined with a mighty God. He dwells within us. Greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. Let's shine for him at this time. So when people are doing good deeds, what they're trying to do is they're trying to look at what is morally good, what is morally right, and hope that those good deeds will bring forth connection with a holy God because there is no temple. You know, some people have, have looked at the life of Yeshua and they don't take into consideration the death, burial, and resurrection of our Messiah, but they take into consideration the deeds and how Yeshua walked. Oh, if we can just walk in, 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 in the way that Yeshua walked, this is the greatest lesson that he has taught us. And if we can just learn the ways and learn the habits and learn, you know, the good deeds that the Messiah did while he walked the earth, then that's what it's all about. But that's not what it's all about. It's about, 
about him dying for us. It is about the, 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 the new covenant. It's about the transformation that takes place in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah. If you just take what is morally correct in the life of Yeshua, you're going to miss everything. Because you can't live up to the standards of Yeshua. You can't live up to the standards of the Scripture. We need a Savior. We need the atoning sacrifice of the Messiah. If you're watching right now and you're living in between, uh, you know, uh, religion and relationship with the Messiah, I want to encourage you, this is the day to receive Yeshua. Don't live another day just trying to get to know more about God, but, but take this moment to surrender your life to him so that you can have that connection. You know, many people are going about reading the scriptures and they're going through the word and they're, they're, they're saying, well, I just can't understand what's written here. I can't, it doesn't mean anything to me. You read the scriptures and it means something to you. I read the scriptures, it means nothing to you. It's one of the conversations I had on my trip that I've just uh, returned from. And uh, this gentleman was saying, look, for example, let's just take this portion of Scripture. And we took a portion of Scripture and read it. He said, this means nothing to me. I have no idea what this is talking about. You know, what does this mean to you? I said, look, I said, you can have eyes, but you do not see and ears, but you do not hear. You need to receive Messiah. You need the Ruach HaKodesh, His Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to read a few scriptures and just enjoy ourselves in the, in the Word and be encouraged here. Thank you, Father. So Hebrews chapter 9, we're going to read from verse 1. Now the first covenant had regulations of worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up in its first room where the lampstands and the table and the consecrated bread. This was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, which had the golden altar of incense and the golden covered ark and ark of the covenant. This ark contained the gold jar of manna, Aaron's staff and um, that had budded, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were the cherubim of the glory, overshadowing the atonement cover. But we cannot discuss these things in detail now. Um, when everything had been arranged like this, the priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry out their ministry. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins of the people uh, that the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was uh, showing by this that uh, by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle still was still standing. This is an illustration of the present time indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshipper. They were only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applied until the time of the new order. We are living in the new order. So we can go back and look at the past, but we are not called to be bound within religion. And, um, you know, I, as I go over my walk, as I go over the transformation of what the Holy Spirit is doing within my life, and I look at the different things that I am being taught, and, you know, what, one thing the Father does for me is he calls me to pull aside he calls me to step back. And some of you might be thinking, you know, what's going on in Kenny Russell's life? You know, one minute we're doing daily devotions every day. Another minute we're broadcasting every week and we're traveling. We're doing different things. But what you will always find within our life and within our ministry, when I hear clearly the Ruach HaKodesh is saying, step aside. It's more important that we step aside into the presence of Yehovah 
to be filled, to be equipped, to receive from him than it is to continue with what we call ministry. You know, we're not uh, we're not subscribed to the ministry monster. We're subscribed in the presence of Yehovah. It's not about what do people expect of you or what do people expect of me. It's what does a holy God expect of me. And what we have to learn is how are we still and how do we live between the gaps? So many people just want to keep speaking. They want to keep talking. They want to keep moving. But we have to create the space for the voice of God to speak, for for his revelation to come forth. And, and, you know, we can be moving at high speed down one channel and all of a sudden you just sense that the Holy Spirit in the midst of everything that's going on, events will happen around us for a purpose. And we have to know how to read the signs If there's a traffic jam in front of you on the road, you cannot go at the same speed. You have to slow down. You have to go through whatever is in front of you to reach your destination. And I want to encourage you as we are walking in the new. I want to encourage you as we are recognizing that, you know, we are not living under the old order, that we are under the new order, hallelujah, of the high priest. And, you know, we're going to talk about the priesthood of Messiah right now. And it's important, especially over this day of atonement. When everyone's trying to do the right deeds to think that everything's okay, you know, how's your fast, you know, have a good fast, you know and so on and so forth, you know. But the, the question is, do you know Messiah? Have we moved from the old order into the new order? Or are you trying to get back to the old order and thinking by mastering the temple, by mastering the old order, that you will be able to see and understand the new order better? When what does the scripture say? It says that we need to know Messiah. We need to be in Messiah. So who is the answer? Is the answer, uh, you know, what is manifest in the flesh in the Torah or is the answer who who Yeshua is within the Torah we need to find who he is and uh, you know one of the things I've been studying over and uh, just going through just some of the things that I have been saying over the years and what I've been teaching and I've just I've just asked the father you know if there's some things that he wants to bring to my attention and just things to go over you know am I walking in the truth and it's great to um, you know test everything on what we're speaking and uh, I was just going through the difference between the renewed covenant and the new covenant and uh, just looking at the different words and how we say this and you know I understand how I teach on the renewed covenant in uh, Jeremiah chapter 31 but you know as I was going through the scriptures over these last few months, I'm starting to come to the place. Is it right that we say renewed or should we be saying new? Because we're not saying renewed in the sense of we're renewing that which is old. We're saying it's a renewed covenant. It's a new covenant. It might have a lot of the same foundations of how Messiah is bringing us back. But there's many key things that are transformingly new. So, you know, what's my stand in the midst of this? I don't want to be caught within what we call a Hebrew roots mindset. I want to be caught in what we see as a biblical mindset. I want uh, the word of Yehovah to be alive over everything that we are doing. So I was doing a study over the word Hadash, um, you know, Hodash, the renewing of the moon, Hadash in Jeremiah 31. Is it saying the word renewed? And as I started to go through the study just a few weeks ago, I'm realizing, wait a second, I was told that this word Hadash here was referring to the word renew. But as I went through all of the scripture references, I found that it only referred to other uh, scripture verses talking about new And it wasn't referring to the word renewed, even though it comes from that same root in the Hebrew. So, you know, in this journey we are on, in this journey that we take in the presence of Yehovah, you have to recognize that there will be changes in our understanding. There'll be changes in our viewpoints on how we see things. And, you know, more than anything, as I look at the Day of Atonement, what do I see? I see holy ground. 
I see holy ground. What do you see? How do we walk in the presence of Yehovah? I want to see his holy ground manifest where the sins of the lost will be redeemed. I want to see sinners come to the saving knowledge of Messiah. And I want to proclaim on this day that nations will come to know Yeshua. Will we stand in the gap for nations? Father, we call out for the land of Israel to walk in the freedom of Messiah, that they will wake up to the truth and the revelation that Yeshua is our high priest. Oh, hallelujah. I'm getting blessed. I don't know about you. Anyway, let's read about that priesthood we see in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 11. When Messiah came as high priest of the good things that are already here, he went through a greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not man-made. That is to say, not a part of this creation. You know, it's funny, you know, when you look at materials and what you want to make, when you want to get some shoes, you want some good leather, you don't want man-made you know, because that's not going to be as good. You want, you know, to have uh, that proper leather, not man-made. And when we look at this, we see the man-made tabernacle is just a shadow. It's just a shadow of what is already in the heavenly place. When Yeshua took his blood and he poured it on the mercy seat in the heavenly place, that's where the effect took place. We no longer have to come before any other mediator. It's just Yeshua. So what are you going through in your life? Are you afraid to come into the presence of a holy God? Are you afraid to be cleansed with the blood of Yeshua? Do you look at what you uh, you do in your life? Do you say, I'm a miserable failure. I fail God in so many ways. Uh, he, you know, I'm broken. And what I want you to see at this point, even in the place of your brokenness, if you will humble yourself before God, he will lift you up. He wants you to walk in relationship with a mighty God, with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. How do we get to that place? We have to see through his eyes. We have to recognize through his sacrifice and the price that he took, that, that he paid for us. Hallelujah. What did he do? He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle. He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle. He went through the more perfect tabernacle. You know, man will always let you down. Don't look to man uh, for the answers. Man will fail. We are not called to look to man. Many people fall because of what happens in the lives of others when people fail. Look at the life of David, the places that he failed, the places that, uh, you know, the, the sin and the things that came into his life. But what do we see in the characters of those within the scriptures? We don't see perfection. We see people who humbly come before the Father and submit before a mighty God and recognize that they can't do it, that we need him. And the Day of Atonement should be a place where we are saying, God, I need you. I need you more today. But will you take the approach in this uh, fall feast time where we are saying, Father, I need you to pour into me so I can pour into this generation. I want to pour into this generation. Hallelujah. So we are seeing that there is a greater and more perfect tabernacle that not, that's not man-made. That is to say, not um uh, a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of the heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean uh, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more than Will the blood of Messiah, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to Elohim, cleanse our consciences from the acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? What's it going to take for us to get to the place of service? We have got to have 
the cleansing on the inside. We need to be cleansed on the inside. It's not just what you do on the outside. You can clean the outside up, but what's going on in your heart? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse your heart? Will you allow the blood of Yeshua to redeem you, to to bring forth salvation? I believe there's someone watching right now and you're in that place where you just feel like your faith walk is crushed all around you and you're going through the motions of trying to do all the right things but you're not submitting to God. You're not receiving his forgiveness. Why? Because you think you don't deserve it. You think that you, you know, why would God want to forgive you? You can't even forgive yourself. On this day of atonement, I believe it's a moment of time where the Father's saying, I'm bringing restoration. I'm bringing my healing power to you right now. Receive my healing power, says Yehovah. Just repent of your sins. Yes, you, yes you've done wrong that deserves death. Yes, you've done all of those things. You don't deserve this, but Yeshua, he came and paid the price for you. Yes, you feel like your acts and the things that you have been doing uh, cut you off. Yes, your sin will bring separation between you and God. And Yeshua will bridge the gap between you and the Father. Yes, but you need to repent. We will always come to the place of failure. We always need to come on a daily basis to the place of repentance. If we ever lose touch with Teshuvah, we will lose touch with what it truly means to walk in the presence of a mighty God. So where are you today? Do you feel broken? Are you going through this day of atonement? You might be fasting, feeling numb, feeling, what does this mean to me? I'm just doing this because I'm trying to live by the feast. But am I truly connected in the presence of Yahovah? Am I truly connected with a great and mighty God? Is the place where you are standing holy ground? Or are you just cleaning up the outside? Are you just cleaning up the outside, trying to do things in the flesh? Then I've got a word from you directly from the presence of a mighty God. It is time to repent and come into the Holy of Holies by the blood of the Lamb. Take me in to the Holy of Holies. Take me in by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Receive his redemption, not just any redemption, eternal redemption. Hallelujah. You have been redeemed. And we are prophesying the redemption of the full house of Israel. Hallelujah. That we will be grafted into the commonwealth of Israel. That we will walk in the fullness of salvation. That we will understand who we are in his presence. Oh, hallelujah. Just receive from him right now. You know, don't go past another moment where you think following the feasts is dealing with the outward. But allow that cleansing of a guilty conscience to set you free. Because those acts, those sinful acts, if you are not cleansed, it's going to lead down a road to death. But we have eternal life in Messiah. What a mighty God we have. What a mighty Savior we serve. Verse 15. For this reason, Messiah is the mediator of a new covenant. That those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant so what do we understand about this uh, about sin we understand that sin is transgressing that the transgressions of the law of the torah but here we have the Messiah. What's he doing? He is bringing forth atonement. So here's the reality. It's not just that spring feasts were fulfilled in Messiah in his first coming. Listen, we see the fall feasts also being fulfilled. We understand there is layers of fulfillment. Just as the first Passover that took place uh, in Egypt you know, as the angel of death came over and passed over, brought them through into salvation, into baptism as they went through the Red Sea, into the place of the wilderness. And when you come to salvation, you will always be led into the wilderness place. 
Why? Because we have to identify who we are. We have to identify, are you going to get the world out of you? Because are you going to mourn and complain? What are you going to do? Are you going to be lost in the wilderness and and, and doubt and curse God in that place even after receiving the deliverance of a mighty king? Or are you going to walk in his ways? recognize that pillar of cloud by day fire by night the provision of a mighty god that you can receive manna from heaven the living word hallelujah that the scriptures will come alive that you will be fed from another source it's not just about what you partake of in the natural it's what you partake of in the spirit we all have to go through the wilderness before you enter into the promised land some of you are trying to get to the promised land right here in the land of Israel. What can I do? How can I get to Israel? Listen, I want to challenge you right now. Are you walking in his promises? Are you walking in his fullness? Because what's going on on the inside is far greater than what's manifesting on the outside. That's a word for someone right now. Where is your anchor? Where is your hope? Are you steadfast in the promises of Yehovah? <laughs> and that that's not what's in the seen realm it's what's in the unseen realm because what is in the unseen realm will manifest in the natural timing is everything being aligned in the spirit is everything for this reason messiah is the mediator of a new covenant he is the one who stands in the gap when hasatan is accusing you and you know the the way you live your life the effects of what's going on in your life deserves that you be judged and we have a mediator the blood of messiah he is standing in the gap he is praying for you he is praying for me so that we will break through in the spirit we talked the other day about ephesians chapter one that that every blessing is given us in the spiritual and in, in the spiritual realm the heavenly realm and we need to understand how to pull down his blessings how to walk in his fullness in this day of atonement do we recognize the holy ground or are we just going through the fast going through the motions going through what's happening on the outside are we walking on the inside are we standing in the spirit are we living in the spirit if you're living in the spirit there's no emotion there's no effect of what is happening to you in the natural realm that can bring change to the character of messiah dwelling within you so how are you moved what shakes you what moves you when you understand what it truly means to walk on holy ground, there's nothing in this realm that's going to shake you. There's nothing in this realm that's going to move you. Yes, we are connected. <laughs> I'm not saying don't be emotional. No, but I'm saying that there is a power that is within. There's a power that you can take a hold of in the midst of everything you face. I'm not saying you won't experience hurt. I'm not saying you won't experience brokenness. But what I'm saying that there's a source, there's a place that we need to partake from. There's a place that we need to drink from. And isn't it amazing that that, that atoning mercy seat, underneath the mercy seat, we have that gold container. And what's in it? The manner, the provision of God, the provision of heaven. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We magnify you. The cherubim are, are hovering over that mercy seat. For what purpose? This is a place that is holy. When Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden, the cherubim are there. There's the waving sword of fire. For what purpose? This is holy ground and you are not going to walk in it until you receive redemption. Eternal redemption. So how are you walking? What's going on within your life? Are you walking in the eternal redemption of Messiah through his feasts? As we look at the feasts, what takes place in the midst of the feasts? We get into the rhythm, into the cycle of a mighty God. We understand the timetable of a mighty God. It's not about what you want to do. It's not about, oh, this is not how I handle my Monday. This is, this is not how I handle my Monday, but this is a high Sabbath where we need to be set apart. 
And I want to encourage you this, this day, at this moment, let's take time right now to walk on holy ground. Yes, you need to take your sandals off. Why? Because you can't walk in this place with the shoes on how you walk about outside. You have to take your sandals off because the place where you're standing is holy ground. You've got to move into another realm. You've got to take that which you strap to yourself, which is outward, and come to the place where we receive that which is inward. Hallelujah. So we're trying to read Hebrews chapter 9. Man, I tell you, thank you, Father. Now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant, verse 16, in the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it because a will is in force only when someone has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. Thank you, Father. This is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. When Moshe had proclaimed every uh, commandment of the law to all the people, he took the blood of calves together with the water, the, the scarlet wool, and branches of hyssop, and he sprinkled the scroll and all the people. How many times have we heard the teachings? Oh, you know, he didn't sprinkle all the people. Just think of all the people. No, he just sprinkled 12 pillars. No, he sprinkled all the people. Let me tell you something. You have got to come to the place where you don't just say, I, re I recognize myself as part of the tribes of Israel. No, you, it's not just sprinkling the pillars. You need the blood of Yeshua over your life. You need the cleansing blood of Yeshua over you personally. Surrender your life to Yeshua. Surrender your life to him on this day of atonement. Take your sandals off. Change your walk. Change the way you're walking. Why? Because when you stand upon holy ground, you'll never be the same. The direction that you're going to go from this day, it's going to be a different direction. You can't live your life the way you used to live your life. And I believe what the Holy Spirit's saying right now is I'm speaking forth change. I'm speaking forth transformation on this day of atonement. How deep have we gone in the presence of Yahovah? How deep are we willing to go? Do we just want to be surface believers where we allow the fuzzy wuzzies, the good feelings in the presence of God? Or are we going to surrender our lives and go into the depths of everything that he has for us? It is time. It's time for us to experience the fullness of God. How else are we going to see generations changed? How else are we going to see transformation? We can proclaim all we want. But we've got to come to the place where his name is manifest within us. The cherubim are over the mercy seat, protecting the mercy seat. We are called to walk into the holy of holies. But do you have the cleansed blood of Yeshua? If you're not walking in the cleansed blood of Yeshua, you can't enter into the holy of holies and your sin will create a block to the very presence of a mighty God. How is it you experience the glory of God? How is it the Holy Spirit speaks to you? These are questions that people ask me time and time again because I understand what it takes to surrender my life before him. Oh, I get it wrong. I make mistakes. I don't always act the way that I should act. I fail. But one of the things that I wrote down, I just, just want to share a few things that I wrote down um, that, that really impact my life. It's understanding being still and living between the gaps. So you have the promise. You have the promise. You understand the destination, you understand what it means to be redeemed in Messiah. We have eternal life. Our destination is to walk in the fullness of this new covenant in Messiah. But from the place of the promise, how do we walk out the steps? How do you live between the gaps? How do you deal with the circumstances 
and the events that life throws at you? Do we move so fast that we cannot hear? Have we got the map all mapped out? You know, some of you don't like to do anything until everything's in place. Oh, I can't go until everything is in its little place. Every box is checked. Every box is ticked, as we say in the UK. Have you got everything lined up? If I've got it all lined up, I know that I can succeed in the things that God has called me to do. Well, what happens when his still small voice speaks directly to you and says, It's time to go. It doesn't matter if all the boxes are ticked. It doesn't matter. Do you trust me? Can you go step by step? The manna is falling in the wilderness. So don't gather for the next week. Just gather for the day. Because... The bread that you receive from heaven is only good for today. If you try and gather it for tomorrow, you're going to be speaking about rotten tomatoes. Tomorrow, the manna is going to be rotten. It's not going to be fresh. It's not going to be a nice taste. It's not going to be a sweet uh, savor. No, it's going to be rotten. Yuck. But the Father has fresh manna for us every day. So what is he saying as we are still, are we living between the gaps are we receiving the word the words that the father has for us how do we develop a lifestyle knowing that the steps are more important than the destination listen the destination's already set you know you fix your eyes on yeshua you the destination is already set but are we developing a lifestyle knowing that our steps are more important. So take those earthly shoes off for the for the the ground that you are standing on is holy ground. I was thinking about the importance on how we give. I love to give. I want my life to be a life that is giving into the hearts to the brokenhearted into those in need to bring forth the life and the and the revelation of a mighty God I want to pour my resources into bringing transformation and you know when we're looking at the increase of giving and and the fall feasts and and during the feast times I'm always seeking on how can my giving increase and sometimes the place for our giving to increase is bringing us to a place where we pull back And it looks like we're stopping on the outside, but on the inside we are being supernaturally transformed. And that's what's happening in my life in this season as I've had a season of fasting, of praying. Yes, we've had extreme warfare. We've had assignments and all of this stuff. And, you know, you might, look, all of this is, (laughs) the only thing that all these events do is draw me closer in the presence of God, where I recognize my hope my deliverance, my transformation is not going to come because of how I act. It's going to come because of where I am positioned. I want to be positioned in the presence of Yehovah. So in the increase of our giving, it's more than money. It's what are we going to pour out into this generation, into this season, into this day, on this day of atonement as we stand upon the holy ground in the presence of a mighty God. What are we going to give? Are we going to sacrifice our lives before a mighty God today? He is our creator. He wants to pour into us so we can pour out. Are we receiving? Some of you want to give, but you don't know how to receive. We don't know how to receive from each other because we don't know how to receive from God. Oh God, you know, I don't deserve for you to pour out your abundance on my life. What's the reason for him pouring out his abundance on your life? It's so that his name will be lifted up, so that his way will be seen to a broken and lost generation. So are we focused today on giving? Are we focused on the sacrifice on how we are giving of our life? Some of you just think it's about the money. It's the outward again. And it's good to give. And it's good to pour out in our resources. It's good to identify. You want to know where you are spiritually? Then look at where you give. That tells you where your heart is. But I want us to look here today at the inside. Are we receiving in the presence of a mighty God? Are we 
coming to the place where we are giving unto God the worship and the blessings and the prayers. As our prayers, are they coming up as an aroma before a mighty God today for this generation? Or are you just coming to God because of everything that we're going through and everything that we need and everything that we're facing? But we should be coming before him to say, Father, I want to give to you. I want to pour out to you because I don't want to be focused on me. I want to be focused on how I can be a holy vessel that can be used for the purpose of your kingdom. Are we focused on giving in a way that you don't know how to, that you you haven't known how to give before? There's preparation, there's a filling that takes place in the gaps with the spirit. These are life keys. It's what's happening in between the gaps. And maybe you're in a place of panic right now where you're trying to work out your life in the midst of everything that's going on in the world, everything that's going on even in your household. Many houses are falling apart because of this pandemic that we're facing. We weren't built. We weren't prepared for this famine. We weren't prepared for these events that's taken place. And what's the Father saying? In the midst of the gap, there's a voice of the Spirit. He wants to speak directly into your life. And this is what he's saying. Take off your shoes. Take off your shoes. Take off that which you think is from the outward and stand in my presence. Stand on holy ground and receive from me, says Yehovah. The day of atonement changes everything. It's not just the holiest day of the year, but it's where, or where our sins are removed, but it's the atoning price that has been paid. But has it been fully received? No, the atoning price on the Day of Atonement has not been fully received. You may have received atonement, but the whole generations have not received the fullness of the promise. So you and I, we hold something so powerful, something so unique. We hold a blessing for this generation. Father, I call out tonight that we can be a people who can give forth your mercy, give forth your eternal redemption to a broken generation. If you're watching right now and you're weeping in a place of brokenness because you're saying, yeah, that's what I want. I don't, I'm not walking in this. I'm trying to go through the motions. I'm trying to understand the scriptures. I'm trying to break down the feast. What does this feast mean? What does this structure mean? Listen, you can walk in the fullness and not even understand how to read the basics of scripture. Because you need the word to be dwelling within you, Messiah. Now, it's not an excuse from understanding Scripture. No, you need to walk in discipleship. But let me tell you something. You need to get things in the right order. Receive Yeshua. Come unto the Messiah. Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now. Don't, don't wait until you understand it all, until you've got it all in line. Maybe you're in the place where you have received him, but now you're trying to live in the flesh. Come on, let's walk in to the Holy of Holies. Let's walk in to the true revelation of the atoning sacrifice that the Messiah has already paid. We see the picture of Yeshua when he rose from the dead and, and um, Mary Magdalene comes before him. He says, don't touch me because I haven't yet ascended. His blood had to ascend and when he put his blood on the mercy seat in the heavenly tabernacle only then could he say to his disciples touch me put your finger in the place of the nails put your finger in the hole in my side he has paid the atoning sacrifice the temple veil was torn in two from the top to bottom do you recognize what's taking place. So I don't care about different teachings on what veil. All I know that my, my Savior's body, which we see in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, can't remember what the verse is, let's just find it. Um, oh yeah, 
Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Yeshua, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. So, you know, what am I talking about? You might be thinking, what are you talking about? The curtain, the veil, blah, blah. Uh, Matthew chapter 27. Um... Where does it say? Um, Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 27. Okay, well, let's get the glasses on so I can see. Having problems with my eyesight these days. Verse 50 of Matthew 27, And when Yeshua had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And at that moment, the, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. And I love what it says. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs and after Yeshua's resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Hallelujah. When the centurion and those who were, uh, and those who were guarding Yeshua saw the earthquake and all that happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he is the son of Elohim. Hallelujah. Many women were there watching from a distance. They had followed Yeshua from Galilee uh, to care for his needs. Among them was Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, uh, Yaakov and Yose, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. What do we see in this portion of scripture? We see at that moment, verse 51, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from the top to bottom. You know, what's taking place here? What are we seeing in the midst of this? We are seeing that his body, as we read in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, By a new and living way, verse 20, opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of Elohim, let us draw near to Elohim with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. So the devil might be robbing the assurance of your faith and your ability to enter in. Stop listening to the lies of the enemy and start receiving from a mighty God. Hallelujah. Let us draw near to Elohim with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled and cleansed us from a guilty conscience. And just as they were sprinkled in the first covenant, and coming under the blood, you too need to come under the blood of Yeshua. Hallelujah. You can have the assurance of faith, having your heart sprinkled and cleansed from a guilty conscience. Praise the name of Yeshua. And having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good good deeds. Let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Well, I'm just going to go live in the desert and work out my own salvation. No, we need each other. We need to be an encouragement to each other. Yes, there may be a season where you've got to step aside to be aligned, to be filled, to be transformed. And these are important moments within your walk, within your journey. But let us consider how we may spur one another on in love and good deeds. How are you going to spur your brothers and sisters on? You have got to come under the sprinkled blood of Messiah. You have got to hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. So what type of God are you serving right now? Maybe you've been serving the wrong God. Maybe you're serving a God who's not faithful. 
Maybe the devil's lying to you about the faithfulness of a mighty God and he's causing you to take your eyes off Messiah and he's trying to put your eyes on all of the other things where you become so overwhelmed because you don't understand Greek, Hebrew, uh, theology. You haven't done 70 years in the breakdown of, of uh, you know, the Strong's Concordance. But can you work in the fullness of... Can you work in the unswerving hope? Can you work in the promises of his faithfulness just because you know you're under his sprinkled blood? Come on, let's walk together in Messiah. And as we spur each other on, as we walk, not give up meeting together as some in a habit of doing, but let's encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. If we deliberately keep on sinning, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment of a raging fire that will consume the enemies of Elohim. Anyone who rejects the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think man deserves to be punished who has trampled the son of Elohim underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him, and who has uh, insulted the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, Yehovah will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Remember those early days after you received the light when you stood your ground in the great contest and face uh, in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insults and persecution, and other times you stood beside side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted. Um, the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourself had better and lasting possessions. Oh, I love this scripture. Verse uh, 35. So don't throw away your confidence. And this is what I want to proclaim tonight. It's time for us to walk in the confidence of a mighty God. Yeah, the enemy might be trying to push you down. You might be trying to work out salvation with fear and trembling, but you're so caught up within... Um, the technicalities that you're missing your connection with Messiah. The Holy Spirit will be your teacher, will be your counselor. He will show you what is to come. Hallelujah. So verse 35, don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. So what's your confidence? It's not in having all the answers. It's in knowing the answer. Come on. The ground that you are standing on is holy ground. You can walk into his presence and you can feel the strength and the power of a mighty God. Hallelujah. Don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of Elohim, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will not come, uh, will come and will not delay. Sorry. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are of those who believe and are saved. Hallelujah. So this is my meditation through this atoning uh, a sacrifice, recognizing our Messiah on this day of atonement. We recognize everything that he has done for us. Messiah is my mediator. He has given me access into the presence of a mighty God. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm not waiting for a third temple to be built in Jerusalem. The curtain was torn from the top to the bottom, not from the bottom as if man was ripping it. It was an act of heaven from the top to the bottom. And now we get to stand upon holy ground. You get to walk into the presence of a mighty God. You don't have to wait for one day a year for the high priest to enter in on that most holy day. You get to walk in every day being holy. Every day. 
by the blood of Yeshua. So let's not be those that shrink back and are destroyed, but let us be those who believe and are saved. So we need to walk in the newness of his covenant. We need to recognize that there are promises that we receive in this new covenant that are not the promises of the old covenant. It's not just renewed the old covenant. No, we have a brand new covenant where where Israel and um, uh, the house of Judah and the house of Israel both have to come in to this new covenant. And we need to be married again to Messiah. But it's a new covenant. It's not just renewing of... Uh, of uh, um, our ketubah, our conditions of marriage. No, it's a brand new covenant. We have his law upon our hearts. We have a heart of flesh. He takes away the heart of stone. The priests had to deal with their own sin before they could enter in. And here we have a mighty God. We have a, a Savior who is our high priest. Hallelujah. You can go back into the beginning of Hebrews and start reading through how this this new uh, covenant that we have is so powerful. Come on, you can just start reading through it and recognize that this is amazing what's taking place in Messiah. So I want you to walk in the fullness of his promise. We've got to get to that place where we're denying ourselves, that we are filled with Elohim. It's not about the temple. It's about standing in his presence on holy ground. So I'm not going back trying to work out all the process of the temple and how I get in there. Listen, through Messiah, I can enter in to the presence of a mighty God. How are you coming before a mighty God today? How are you coming before him? Come on, we're getting ready to come into uh, Sukkot the Feast of Tabernacles. He tabernacled amongst us. He came, you know, he took on flesh. He paid the price. It wasn't the blood of an animal. It wasn't the blood of bulls or goats. It was his precious blood that paid the ultimate price so you could walk in freedom. He tabernacled amongst us. Let the bride say, come. Let the bride of the Lamb say, come. Yeshua HaMashiach, Come. I'm looking forward to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And we've, we're going to move in in five days to a place of feasts, to a place of blessing, where we can step out of everything we have in the natural. You can step out of your homes and say, thank you for the covering. Thank you for the blessing of the place where I stay, but I'm going to sleep out under the stars because I know that you are my covering. You are my protector. You are my everything. I want to tabernacle amongst you just as they tabernacled amongst us where in the wilderness god you are my source you are my protector you are my provider everything i have comes from you so i want to encourage you at this time to take from what you have and sow it into making a difference in the lives of others sow it into places into good soil sow not just your finances, but so your time. How can you serve your time in a mighty God to a mighty God? How can you uh, give of your time to make a difference? Because this is the hour. It is time to see his kingdom come and his will done. Father, we want to stand in the gap for our nations. Wherever you're watching from, I want you to pray for your nation right now. Father, we stand in the gap for our nations and we ask, Father, for an open heaven of your glory to come at this time. Will you manifest through our lives as the ecclesia, as the assembly? Will you work through our lives for such a time as this? Will you bring forth your saving power to a broken and lost generation? Father, may we be those that will pour resources into making a difference for the expansion of your gospel. Will we learn how to minister? Will we learn how to share our faith? Will we learn how to not just stand upon holy ground, but to receive from you so that we can go out? into a broken world and bring transformation. We pray for Israel corporately together because we know this land that I'm praying for right now is a land that was promised to Abraham, 
our Father of our faith, and we thank you for the land deal to come in in this day. We are not going to look at the deals that are going on between nations. We're not going to look at the splitting of the land to a Zionist, uh, ungodly nation. But we ask for your covenant to be established in the land. We ask for your spirit to outpour on this land. And we ask for, uh, for, for a theocracy, not democracy, here in the land of Israel. That you will take what's going on in this land and you will break it and bring them into the very presence of a mighty God. I speak a supernatural awakening over the land of Israel today. I pray that all those people that have gone through atonement today, knowing that they've had no sacrifice, trying to do their good deeds, but still feeling empty on the inside. Father, give, uh, uh, give us opportunities to minister your love, your grace, your peace into the multitudes at this time in Yeshua's name. I pray that you will come with revelation, dreams and visions, that you will open up the scriptures for those that are uh, searching the Tanakh and they'll realize that Yeshua of Nazareth truly is the Messiah. Thank you, Father. And Father, for those who are watching that are broken right now, they feel like their faith is in shipwreck state and they don't know how they're going to move forward from this day. I just call out to you right now with the saving power of Yeshua and I just want to say it's okay. Come under the cleansed blood of Yeshua. Receive Yeshua. Come back. Maybe you're backslidden. You need to return to him. Teshuva. Turn around. Come back to who the Father has called you to be. Don't go past this moment without a life-changing experience because he is a mighty God. After this broadcast, just take time and get in his presence and surrender. Say, God, I give you my life. Have your way in me. But more than anything, repent. Forgive yourself for what you have done. Because if you can't walk in self-forgiveness, God can't forgive you. Because you've put yourself above the forgiveness of a mighty God. Surrender yourself to a mighty God and he will lift you up. Hope you're blessed and encouraged with the message today. Uh, connect with us in the header you can see uh, the email to uh, to communicate it's kenny at bulldozerfaith.com if you're watching on podcast uh, we want to be here for you we want to um, stand with you pray with you if you're going through trials and difficult times send your prayer requests in and we will stand with you if you're blessed and encouraged through the ministry and you want to give into the work that we do as a ministry, you can go to buildoseoffaith.com forward slash give. You will see the link in the header as well. Just click that link. And look, we need support. Pour into us. We work in the marketplace as well to bring in resources to what we do in ministry. But it is time for us to write. It's time for us to produce discipleship training manuals to get books out there, to start equipping and training and training people in evangelism. That's where we're heading. So there's a lot of, of stuff going on in the midst of the storm, but in the midst of it, we're going to keep pressing forward to edify and build the body of Messiah. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged with today's message, and I look forward to seeing you this coming Shabbat or next High Sabbath. I need to look at the calendar, what day it's next, but we will be here on the High Sabbaths five days from now what day is it can't even work out what day it is we'll have a high sabbath before the shabbat so yeah we're going to have some great fellowship together as we come into sagot in the next five days so look forward to seeing you then and i would love to hear your feedback if you're blessed and encouraged write to us let us know what's going on within your life within your family until next time shalom shalom <laughs>